Fox and Promo Brady. This is Dumb 97.5. Episode 114 of the Dumbcast. What's going on? It's Lunchbox here for my co-host Promo Brady a little later on in the episode. It's our mission to turn you on to some music that you might not have heard of. A weekly podcast highlighting various rock bands and artists in the industry. You get to know them a little better. And peruse around past episodes. You'll have conversations with Corey Taylor of Stone Sour and Slipknot. Josie Scott, formerly of Saliva. Man, Hefe of Trivium. The list goes on and on. Peruse around on the iHeartRadio app. You just gotta type in Dumpcast. Plug into our social media accounts, Facebook and Twitter at 97.5Dump. Yeah, this week it's all about the band Norma Jean. The lead vocalist Corey Brandon is a special guest. He's been on the Dumpcast in the past with his other band, Hundred Sons. This episode, it's all about the band Norma Jean. Here's a full conversation with Corey Brandon. Episode 114 of the Dumpcast. Having you on this yeah. time to talk about uh, what you're doing, Norma Jean, because you guys got a new album due out soon, All Hail, uh, set to be released October the 25th. Tell us about that. Man, um, yeah, thanks for having me on, for sure. Um, I don't know, we're excited. It's, it's been a crazy month, this this whole month, getting ready for it, but this album really, it, it, I feel like every album we always say this, it's it's almost like, okay, that's what we were trying to do the last time. Yeah, I, I really feel like this is, there's parts of this album where the original idea for any like melodic stuff that we were doing has always been to try to, over something but keep it insanely heavy <laughs> yeah. yeah i think uh, working with working with will he really got that said okay no problem and it's really the first time i feel like that that is happening because it's hard to sing over something and not have it sound like you know turned into a rock band out of nowhere so i, I don't know i just i'm just pumped on hearing the band like that one of the first things that i said after we finished mixing to will was and I've never heard Norma Jean sound like this. So overall, I think sonically, we definitely beat everything, but I'm, I'm stoked on, on what we made and the story that it tells and the overall concept. Yeah, talk about the overall concept. What uh, you know? What are you guys trying to achieve with the new album? We're, we're stoked to hear, and we love what we've heard uh, so far. We've heard a few of the songs. Oh, oh, you guys haven't heard the whole thing yet. Oh, no, no. we haven't. No, we've just been getting the singles off of YouTube and off of your Twitter account. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you guys should have gotten the whole thing for sure. Uh, but I mean, the, the whole idea was to, we, I, there's always a theme with every Norma Jean album, but it's pretty random. It, you know, we're just like writing a bunch of songs and slapping them on the album. But with Polar Similar, we wrote with the intent of writing a first song and a last song. So on this album, we, we went for the whole thing and try to make every song seamlessly kind of go together and and, and so i think musically it's telling a story and how it transitions from the beginning of the album to the end and i don't, I don't know how to explain it but the the i say that the beginning of the album starts with a kind of what i call fictional reality mm-hmm. and it ends with something very real with the song anna who is a real person that we dedicated the song to. She was a fan that became a friend and she passed away last September mm. and it was on the day that we started writing the album. So that was the first song that we wrote and in the mirror sense of things, which I say that there's a mirror theme to the album that writing the, the very last song first was interesting that it, it turned out that way. But yeah, I, I think, but you know, you start 
the album with one sound and kind of comes out of the gate swinging. And then as you transition to the end of the album, it's almost a different band. There's a lot of a lot more dynamics, a lot more you know softer kind of things. Contrast between loud and quiet. Nice. And a lot of those stories come from fans, and it, uh, essentially that they named it too without knowing it, but yeah, that, that's what All Hail comes from is our fans. That's really cool to hear. It strengthens that bond between you and your fan base, and you're able to get inspiration from them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, too, it's studying how to really put yourself into an album and tell a story, I, I think is important. And that's, that's how you connect to something, is the story behind it. Yeah. So we really put a lot of time into going, you know, into that as far as we could. And there's a rabbit hole, I guess you could say with, with the album. And, you know, I think, I think it's still broadly spoken. It can be interpreted really in many different ways. Try not to be ultra specific. I think, I I don't know. It's, it's just a fun record to listen through all the way through and it's got deep meaning, but at the end of the day, a badass heavy rock album yeah now this is the uh, the first album you did uh without your guitarist uh, jeff hickey who uh departed the band uh dealing with some uh, some issues how's he doing yeah i can't really speak for him he is on the album though he is and he was yeah he was a part of the album and um afterwards it was you know pretty mutual that it it we needed to part ways just for his health really yeah. Um, I mean, we're friends first. Um, it's, it's, it's so hard to draw the line sometimes when you're individual musicians making a project happen, doing, doing a record together. And, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs of that, but, you know, we're, we're, at, we're still just friends in a room, you know, making music together. So um, I think that was the most important thing that we, know tried to help him and that was i think uh unfortunate thing that we had to do because i mean we miss him to death i get you know i hope he's doing well and i've tried to keep up with him as much as i can and um still like still one of the most talented people i've ever worked with yeah does it make it harder to make an album while that's going on and then you have to replace this guy and then you're figuring out what do I do now? Do I keep going in the direction that we're going here? Or does it freeze it up like, hey, we're free to do what we want to do, which makes this album what it is right now? I'm not going to pretend like not hard to lose someone like that. You know, yeah, we have, we have a chemistry together. Any musician should be able to recognize that you're building a chemistry with other musicians. And sometimes that can take a whole album to do you know, I, I feel like we definitely had some albums where there's some new guys and we, we still made something pretty cool, but we, we could see what after working together for an entire album and what happens on the next one, there there was a chemistry built. So, you know, Jeff was, was has been, me and him have been playing together since 2010. So we had a really good chemistry together. I hope in the future that we can still do some writing at least together. Um, but you know, his, his help and safety is, is the most important thing over any, over the band or anything like that. 
Well, uh, the band Norma Jean has actually undergone so many uh, lineup changes over the years. Uh, how would you uh, say you guys have been able to sustain your success and, and keep the band going, you know, through all the, uh, the different lineup changes uh, over the years? This, this has been a pretty common topic for, for this album, and I, I kind of dig it because no, we don't really, we've never really talked about the inner workings of the band so much. Cause yeah, yeah. Just is always kind of more. Here's here's an album. Here's the music. Here's the sounds. Do you do you like it or not? And that should you know be the top. And that still is the main focus. Even me coming into the band in early 2000s, it, it you know like I was saying before, we're friends playing music in a in a room together and, and enjoying doing a project together. And if someone leaves, you know that's our friend we're more supporting them on whatever they they need to do. They're, they're wanting to start a family or whatever. It's like, I want to support that over supporting the, the basic setup for how to market a band. And, yeah. You know, here's a promo picture and yeah. these are the guys, you know, that kind of loyalty. So it's not easy, but <laughs> um, I, I think the thing that, that helps for the music is that I'm really the structural person and the, the, the vibe and the um, the matching emotion to the lyrics and the music that we're making. That's kind of where that's my job in the band. So that keeps it pretty seamless that I'm doing that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it's, Hey, who's got an idea, you yeah. know, and, and we're, we, it's a collaborative, collaborative thing. Um, and then on this album, we have Matt Marquez who's back. He was with us from 2011, 2013, right before Wrongdoers. And uh, my brother wrote with us. I mean, I've been playing with him since, since I was like 12. So we still, we kind of made the chemistry happen. And that's kind of how we, we stay alive is, is by making sure it's the right people and that it, that it feels right. And we're not just forcing something out. There's not too many bands out there that could survive even though the original members are not in the band. There's not that many bands out there doing and you guys have been around for like 20 years and I've only known about Norma Jean for like a good, I would say maybe 10 of those. And the only person I can associate this whole thing with is Corey Taylor when he said about Slipknot. I said, Slipknot will go on without me. Yeah, Like I am, the band is bigger than us in the band. It will still keep going on and on even if I'm in it or not. And I feel the same way, same thing applies to you guys as well. I, I actually didn't know he said that, but 100%, I, there's, there's kind of a, there's a pigeonhole for how to market a band. I, I'm pretty sure it's probably invented by the Beatles because they invented a lot of things, but it's like, here's these guys and that's who, it's like a boy band kind of thing. So for me, it's, it's it, when you put out an album, you put a song, if you stand in a room and say, we're going to write music for ourselves, then why ever release it? You know, it's mm-hmm. just for you. But if you put an album out, you put songs out, they're, to me anyway, they're not yours anymore. You, you've brought in a lot of people. So that was a big theme on All Hail too, is really bringing the fans in. And, and, and to us, it, it became, like, this is important. It's, it, it's more important than, also, I just, I'm a lifer. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this 
whether it's Norma Jean or not, but I have said for sure that if I left, this band could go on. If, if people are cool with it, keep going. Yeah. If you can, if you can fill my shoes, go for it. Cause I, again, it's just the, the music is, the music can't be a person. It can't, I always say sound can't have a belief. Even if, if I clap my hands, you can't tell me if it's good or evil or, vegan or you know know, it's like it's a it's a sound and people attach to that and there's an emotional attachment to it that i think is so much more important and i I have those bands too i have that music too for me so i understand it from both perspectives yeah i love what you said about uh you know not having ownership of the music after you write it like especially nowadays you put it out there and uh, there's so many different avenues and, you know, within a matter of days, like everybody's heard, accessed the song and heard it. And, uh, and, and yeah, they, they have their own interpretation of the, of the song and, and all that. So it's, it's definitely, you know, this time period, uh, you know, everybody kind of can easily access any sort of art that you put out there. Yeah. It, I had something I was going to say that I can't remember now, but the, the music is, its own entity. It becomes, it has a life of its own. And really by the end of an album, we're, we're kind of, I don't want to say sick of the songs, but we've heard them so many times. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And there's this, there's this weird paradox where if you're writing a song, you never ever get to hear that song for the first time ever. So I think for us, we do care what our, our fans think. So that's really when we find out if what we made is cool or not and where we can take it. So we do think about that. It isn't from the very beginning. It's not, we don't care what anybody thinks we're going to write whatever we want. I mean, if we're going to really do that, then why aren't we making pop albums? Cause that's where the money's at. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't care, man. Where's, where's that Avril Lavigne record? Man? Yeah, that is true. And with you guys, like, you guys have evolved sound-wise over this past 20 years, and it's been really cool to hear. Like, when I heard um, with Errors, that's the first time I've heard you guys sound like that in the 10 years I've known yeah. about you guys, which has been exciting and really cool. It's like, it's still you, but it's not you. So do your fans feel the same way about it when they hear stuff like, like that? I, I, it maybe depends on where they come in. I've heard fans definitely say, I can hear how you arrived here. Yeah. And, and those, those people get it the most, I think, because there, I feel like there is a, a goal that we're trying to reach. And so that's why I say every time we make an album, it's like, yeah, that's, that's what we've been trying to make. And then, and then it's a matter of figuring out what we can experiment with or try for the next thing and push ourselves, you know, be challenged to find something that adds a little bit more to just the next chapter instead of, you know, flushing it and starting over with something completely random. I want to use all the things that we've learned and try something new and it just kind of adds to it without, you know, going overboard completely. Nice. I think it gives bands depth, like onions, you know, like there's just a little more layer that you pulled off. It's like, this is who we are. 
Here's a little bit more of what we are. Here's a little bit more because you're really like you're changing a little but still staying the same. But if you make the same thing over and over and over and over and over, then what's the point? Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's so much you can add by just saying, okay, so just for this album, we're going to write however, but for this album, let's try to sonically be everything we've done. That, we went into it all hell thinking that. Um, it, and then, and then throughout that process, we find some other things that it can add, but that's a pretty big thing to add. Um, you know, just, just the recording alone, we want it to, to smash yeah. everything we've done. And I, Will Putney comes into play with that for sure. And him working with us and really seeing the vision better than us, he, he, like a sixth member almost. So, yeah, it, it's a little at a time and um, just kind of thinking we're not above reproach. We, we can be challenged more. We can learn from things that we didn't like about something we've done before and make it better. Well, you're, uh, you're associated with two different bands we've had you on in the past for your other band, 100 Sons. Um, and then obviously, you're also the front man for Norma Jean. Uh, so describe the, the difference between the two bands. Really, it, it does come down to the writing process. Um, with 100 Sons, I just get to be a singer. And it's, it really is one of my favorite things about being a part of that project because Crystal Masters is really the brains. He, he'll send, and the whole writing process in general is different because we're not necessarily just cramming into a room together and figuring out songs like Norma Jean. He, he'll send me an intro, verse, chorus kind of thing. So here's my idea. Do whatever you want. I'll sing over that and then he'll kind of know where the rest of the song can go. And then we can collaborate a little bit on some things. But for the most part, he's, he's the main songwriter and I just get to be the vocal songwriter and just be that alone and embrace being a vocalist. So I had a lot of fun doing that album and we're demoing now too. So it's, I, I just, it's a different setup. That's interesting. Which uh, writing process do you prefer? All getting in the same room or doing it like you're doing it with a hundred sons? I do have an answer for this and it is, I honestly prefer just being a vocalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to make up vocal, like stay in your lane. Cool, cool stuff, and I'll just come sing on it. It's so much easier. And, and it comes back to that. I did get to hear this song for the first time. Yeah. Although at least half of it. Vocals do add a lot, but it, um, there's a couple of songs on the new, on the new Norma Jean album that I, that I got to do that on. It was that vocally. I think those are some of my favorite songs with, with airs as one of them. Um, that's really a lot of Grayson. Who's the, the new guy. Um, just a phenomenal guitar player and songwriter. So, I'd like to do that some, some more in the future with Norma Jean, just to experiment around. So maybe that's what we'll do next. That could be good. I mean, because it seems like you're the leader of Norma Jean now, which means I would say all the pressure's on you, but you really got to like do more than just sing a song. You got to make sure everything is driving and going great. So if you try yeah. to back off it that way, do you think it'll, I wouldn't say give it more fun, but refresh it a, well, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's all it's all demo stage anyway. You know, it's like it at least gives me a fresh take on the song, um, that how it feels without hearing everything come together. Because then it's harder to write for me vocally if if I hear everything from the beginning because again I'm just sick of it. Kind of by by the time it's time to even track it, and I don't even know where to go. So. I think at least beginning stages, I'd like to hear some things where I'm always going to have my songs and, and usually those I'm just showing, here's how the whole thing goes front to back. So, um, if, if the other guys are writing together and I at least get to hear a few songs, that fresh, it's just another way for us to experiment and try, especially since I enjoy it. Um, you know, it still has to be fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's still, it, we still embrace entertainment, you know, and being a, a fun thing. There's deep stuff to it, but you can't leave that part out. Well, you guys are on the road with uh, Devil Wears Prada right now. How's that? Yeah, um, actually, it starts up in a, a week or so. Yeah. It's coming up really quick. So, yeah, we're pumped. Um, we... I feel like being an older band too, we have a little harder time getting support tours because I think the stigma is, Oh, they're just going to say no because they're Norma Jean. It's like, no, we won't. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what. <laughs> don't speak for us. Yeah. You just go bring your ham on him. But uh, it's yeah. Like we, our things are there going to be people there? We are, we want to play in front of them. Like, there's not like a set group of these people like this music and that band, and that's it. Yeah, um, I feel like we have a set list that we can make for any type of you know rock, heavier music at all. Like, we could tour with anybody. I'm not going to say no to very many tours for Norma Jean. Nice man. Uh, yeah, we, we hope that, uh, Norma G makes it to Oklahoma. So, you know, I know you guys were recently at, uh, the diamond ballroom, but we got to get you guys at Tulsa. Soon. Yes. I think the last time we played Tulsa, we did like a $5 show at Yeti. Um, which I don't think it's open anymore. Nope. It closed down. No way. Yeah. It's been closed you down guys for, the Yeti? um, for about uh, this whole summer has been closed down. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It was a great bar. They got that, that cool room? stage. Yeah. yeah. The cool, yes. It's so cool. It was uh, really yeah. cool. Yeah. The coolest rooms in the big garage in the back. Like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Had that open and people were spilling out in, into that. It was just, it was a lot of fun that that stage is, is cramped, but it's just a cool room. The whole place is a cool vibe, so hopefully yeah. they, somebody picks that up. They're trying to. Right now they're building an apartment complex right next door to it. So who knows what it's going to turn into now. <laughs> Just what we need, another apartment yes. complex downtown. But there's still yeah. the Kane's Ballroom, man. <laughs> there's still the Kane's Ballroom right next door to that. So yeah. you can play there. Yeah. They're just moving in 1,000 people that can complain about loud music. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what I, I think about when I see these condos and these apartment complexes. They're just going to complain about all the bars around the area. Gosh. But you haven't been here in Tulsa in a while, man. It's changed so much. 
Yeah, someone needs to go down there and make sure they're soundproof in those apartments. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, yeah, we hope to see you soon with uh, Norma Jean here at Tulsa. Man, it's been great chatting with you for a bit. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll do this again soon, I promise you. Yeah, great chatting with Corey Brandon for a bit. You want to hear some new Norma Jean? Here's her song, Mind Over Mind.